Yes. So much yes. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Music Guy podcast. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I sing songs. I play guitar. I write music. I produce music. I teach. Just making a living here in the music biz with my buddy, Mike Hebs, coming at you from the west end of Toronto. How are you, Mike? I'm great. So great. Mike is a guitarist, backup vocalist, record producer, music educator, uh, and one of my longest standing friends. Yeah, know? yeah, it's been a while. We've known each other for for a hot minute, as, uh, How as the kids long has would it been? say. I got to say at least 10 years. Yeah, that's a long time. It's a yeah. third of my life. And we've lived together for over a year. Yep, yep. We, 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 we lived together no longer, but we did. I'll just move in there. You're having a kid, I'll be your nanny. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Nanny we got Bruno. The, we, got the nanny, we got the nanny suite ready to go. Yeah, really? You can. Uh, well, not not exactly, but uh, <laughs> I can sleep in your vocal booth. That's fine. Yeah, that's pretty much where it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome to come over anytime and help us with the baby. With that Coop? would be. I'll help you with uh, Coop. Coop's is dumb. well. No, I, Coop's okay. It's going to be the the human the human baby. There you, know, you go. That we're going to need help with. Um. So, how's everything with you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, we're just getting back into the swing of this. I'm just, uh, you can notice in my microphone, huh, there's lots of room tone. Uh, yeah. There's lots of echo. And if you go to maybe even like last week's episode, or if you listen to Al's mic versus my mic, uh, there's a lot less echo because his room is treated, which is interesting. I'm in the process of treating my new room. But what about you, man? You just waiting for your babe? Waiting for the babe, yeah. We're 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 still due at some point in January, so uh, getting getting close to that date. Yeah, uh, playing some shows, um, you know, doing some outdoor gigs at uh, Canada's Wonderland here in uh, well, just north of Toronto. Um, mixing, doing a little production, uh, just sort of, and doing some teaching as well. Of course, mostly uh, online still, which is fine by me. And yeah, just keep keeping it all together, getting excited for the baby to come. The baby shower is this Sunday, so after I, that, we're, we're going to feel like we have all the gear we need, I think, and then yeah. uh, we'll be just getting ready for, uh, Kate, Katie's done working a little bit, and, and yeah. Right on that mat leave. going to be big. Yep. going to uh, be big. I noticed a problem with your baby's birthday. Um, it's yes. in the same month as mine, and that okay. is forbidden. Um, oh, okay. That's going to take yeah. some, some shine away from me, and I, I can't have that. <laughs> so just well, you know, fix that. Yeah, I mean, you never know, right? He could come uh, earlier. He could come a little bit later. There you go. Um, I'll be so, pissed off if he doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, January baby, you know, should be uh, we're great, be primed, we're gr- primed for a career uh, in the NHL or uh, there you go, there you or, go, you know, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, because of the early baby developing thing. I think they're yeah, trying to exactly. fix that now. I really do think that I benefited in school because of that. I was just they able say to it's coast. A, it is a thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to just think I was smart, and then it just turns out I'm I'm older. Yeah. Not smarter, but wiser. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, that's valuable that's just, too, right? Not yeah. necessarily true about me, though, but, you know, I felt like <laughs> it was. So, uh, we're here today to talk 
to you folks about tension and release. We uh, sort of teased it on the last episode, which if you have not checked it out yet, episode 75, where we broke down a John Mayer guitar solo note for note. I really enjoyed doing that episode, and I, yeah, I would like did. to do more I, I sense uh, like it. it. Yeah, I was getting jacked up, and I, I would like to do more of those in the future. So if, if that's something that sounds like you might be interested in, go check that out, episode 75. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast, there's a couple ways to do that. Uh, number one is just word of mouth. Share it with your friends. Tell somebody you know about it that uh, you think you know they might dig it. Uh, that'd be really awesome. Uh, number two is we do have a Patreon as well. Mm-hmm. That uh, you can go check out on patreon.com slash music guy podcast. If you like what we're doing here, want to ship us a couple of bucks, it would uh, help us a lot because uh, this shit ain't free uh, to produce. You're not so. wrong. Neither are babies, man. <laughs> yeah, babies ain't free. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we at appreciate. Least, at least half of that appreciate. money is going to go to the baby fund. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we appreciate anybody going over there, checking that out. There are some w- reward tiers, and if those interest you, uh, then you might even be kind of getting, supporting the podcast almost for free because you're getting something uh, in return as well that, uh, that you want. So, with that out of the way, let's talk a little tension and release. I, I've been um, teaching a lot online as i said and um one of my students i with one of my students we were talking about sort of songwriting and shaping a song and arranging a song for live purposes yeah and i just got into this huge discussion we got in this huge discussion about uh tension and release and it really got me fired up about that idea again because it wasn't the first time um you know, I've heard a, b- a bunch of people talk about it in the past, and I was sort of like, oh, yeah, whatever, that that sounds cool. And and just the more music I've been playing and writing and, and working on, the more uh, I always go back to this, uh, keep coming back to this concept and keeping like, man, this is, so Im- uh, this is so impactful and so cool and makes me appreciate music in um, sort of more of like a, a fundamental, like, human gut reaction kind of way rather than uh technical thinking about you know uh, i don't know rhythmic figures and time signatures and chords and progressions and and sound and compression and eq and stuff and it's like you can sort of you know all that stuff is obviously super important to know about but it really all does just come back to this fundamental concept of tension and release yeah yeah i mean um you you see it in a bunch of places uh you also see it in like different like mediums too like movies and stuff you know totally like uh not even in just i it's so obvious for me in like horror movies you know uh the release usually ends up being like a bad release though it's not like relief it's usually like oh what's gonna happen Oh, she's yeah. fucking dead. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the suspense. Uh, totally, right? But yeah. I guess at the end, usually, or sometimes, you know, uh, there will be some sort of resolve of like, oh, at least this person's not dead, um, but all their friends are. But sometimes horror movies don't do that. Everybody dies, and then that's that. Yeah, or even like a character's being chased on foot and they're running yeah. through like a bunch of alleyways and doing all these maneuvers and it's really intense. And then finally they like, uh, 
jump on the the moving train that's going to like take them away safely yes. and then yes. there's a sigh of relief and you're like as the viewer if you're invested in what you're watching you're also sort of having that sigh of relief so i mean so yeah i mean in movies uh and, and then of course there's like the the subtext subtextual uh is that a word like tension right where like two two characters are like talking and you're like oh this is getting kind of this is getting kind of spicy like there's some romantic stuff oh, going on go. here you know and then they yeah and then you're yeah, like yeah. Oh, man this is getting kind of intense and then they like make out at the end of the scene and you're like oh okay yeah sweet I and like that's this. like that that release yeah um you know figuratively figuratively and and literally it's, it doesn't um, sound like you're talking about movies it sounds like you're talking about pornography <laughs> okay yeah well those are you know movies too right? um, <laughs> those are films as well <laughs> um, but in the context of, of music but i think that's okay. it's good to go it's good to go those places to show people what we're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah, yeah. then uh you know uh in music uh, so the same sort of concept exists right so even right from just the the, the major scale at a fundamental level there is tension and release so if i go um, if I go do re mi fa sol la ti do right there you go. your ear wants to hear that final note of the scale right if I just stay on t then you know everybody's like hair is starting to raise up they probably don't love the sound of my my voice either and they're just like Ugh! and then you finally do and it's nice okay so um that's sort of like a fundamental, and I feel like everybody kind of feels that to some degree or another at, yeah. at like a fundamental, like in a physical way, you know? Which is You're bizarre. Not, yeah, which is, yeah, totally bizarre. What's and totally like the awesome. reason for that? Like, why Why as human beings I don't, do, we, do we give a fuck? I have no idea. Well, okay, I do have some idea, actually, which we can kind of get into, but... Um, the fact that that's like a phys- it's a physical feeling. It's not like you're sitting there being, you know, with your uh, with your spectacle and your cup of tea, being like, "Hmm, this is yeah. I really appreciate this art." It's like that's a guttural, almost like a fight or flight level, yes, instinctual. Like, what the hell? Sing that next note, or I'm gonna like punch you in the face. Punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I go <laughs> like to it's violence immediately. The- yeah, of course, and it's almost that level of, of the. So I think. Part of it does come from expectation and uh, gratification and or, or not, right? So yeah. if you have an expectation of what you're going to hear next and your, uh, there's a gratification when you hear the thing that you want to hear. So when I go, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, you're thinking, do, and if I go, do, then you're like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's what yeah. I was expecting to hear. Um and if we go somewhere else with it, do re mi fa so la ti re do, then you, then, <laughs> yeah. then there's this little moment. The, yeah, there's this little moment of like the expectation was subverted. Yeah, but in but maybe in a way where you're like, okay, that's actually kind of cool though, and then it still satisfies you at the end. So you you get this um, cool effect there, right? Because if you just get you know, human beings are so we're such weird <laughs> creatures, right? Like if we, if we get the same thing we want over and over again, then we get bored, right? Yes. And we want something else. So there needs to be an element of, 
yeah, surprise or like sub, uh, subverted expectations. Or so, so kind of playing around with that expectation and gratification as a composer or a performer is what keeps your listeners engaged. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I remember yeah. when I talked to my students about song form because it's not a, I'm not great at like I don't have a good spiel for that. But one of the things that I do mention is that like you just can't have the chorus. Like almost the reason why the verse and the pre-chorus exists is so that the chorus isn't boring. Because even if you have the best chorus in the world, nobody wants to listen to three minutes of the chorus. They want to like want for the chorus. You know, the verse is like yes. the thing that is there. The verse is like the cracker, and the chorus is the cheese. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Can't can't have just cheese. Actually, you can. You can. It's really good. Bricks of cheese. But I see what you're saying. Completely fine. I see Um, what you're saying. Um, So something that I think a lot of folks will be able to relate to as well is like the rise and the drop in dance music. Yeah. So you've got this build happening and you've got that white noise thing that's like... Oh, they love that. It gets like infinitely high and then... And then there's going to be like a... Of course. Like the, the big bass drop thing and everybody goes nuts, right? So that is like a very um, common sort of use of that. Also, too, that I feel like that's a, that's almost like an extreme example. Um, you know what I mean? In, in classical music and stuff like that, it's almost more subtle. And it seems like they spend a lot of time with melodies thinking about these things. So like when they actually sit and craft them, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like uh, unless they're just hearing it in their head versus like, I'm going to make a melody and this is how I'm going to like build the tension in the melody and keep it interesting. Whereas I feel like with dance music, they realized, Oh yeah, this tension thing, how can we create like just a crazy amount of tension and make the release hard as fuck? <laughs> yeah. And that, and I mean, if you listened to, you know, an hour of just like the, the big bass drop, dance section like people would people would not be into that but the fact that you give them this sort of the moments of like we're building it up it's getting quiet again and we're starting to starting to build it up again build it up build it up build it up build up and then the release that's what makes people go nuts in the in the yeah in the clubs you know or like you know back in the day when people went to clubs i don't know if anybody goes now in the club um Um, what one thing that this makes me think of is just like little tricks to extend the tension. Kind of like what you said when you, instead of you resolved, you went to like Ray. Um, but, uh, like when songs will have a verse, then a pre-chorus and then like, here comes the chorus and they don't give it to you. They like tease you. And that's like a a songwriting tool and it's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's used maybe, you know, maybe not not enough i mean yeah this another kind of uh maybe like a boomer kind of rant here but like in the world of tiktok and like instagram reels and youtube shorts and like i don't know the the attention span is not really there for even like a three minute piece of music anymore sure so it's it's really hard to uh um you know uh, craft that uh, but I mean, we're still we still we're still going to try. We're still going to have to, right? Because everybody's just getting the instant gratification, and that's one of the crazy weird 
uh, twisted things about like social media and those types of apps. You're just yeah. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So yes, 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 yes. And it's bad. I like. I, I think it's bad for your brain. You know what the tension is for me in those situations. The tension mm. is scrolling between a bunch of stuff that I'm like, ah, I don't like that. I don't like that. And then you find the releases like, oh, that's fucking dope. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it, that's crazy. It's just, it's crazy how fast it happens though. Yeah. You know? Damn. And I think that, that that, that, whole relationship with your brain is, is, is pretty worrisome, but I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. not that I'm an expert on the subject, but, um, from the stuff I've, I've read and, and, and checked out. Uh, and just my own experience too. It's like after a while, it's like I need to not be doing this because this is messing me up, you know. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, in, in music, there is a very na- there's a very natural sort of thing, tension release. So when you're writing songs, you know, are you like actively thinking, I'm going to try and make some tension here and then some release here? Like probably not. You're probably just kind of going by what you feel and what you hear. Yeah. But I just find it so interesting that like. The, the the great moments in music and in songs can really be uh, just broken down into that. And, and like, if your song's not hitting, if you're writing your song and you're like, yeah, this is kind of boring, or like, if you're producing a track and you're like, man, the chorus comes in and it's just like, it's not that cool. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe tension release, most likely tension release is your uh is your get out of jail free card in that situation yeah. it's like okay well how do i make it more and how do i build more tension before this chorus hits so that it feels like more of a of a payoff when it does so um just to, for a little bit more fundamental stuff um built right into chord progressions too right and cadences okay so you've got three fundamental categories of chords so if people are familiar with like the primary colors in painting um, uh, blue, blue, red, and yellow, right? Blue, yeah, red, and the yellow. Ones but you can't blue. make of things. Yeah, but it blue, red, and green, and like digital art for some reason. I don't really understand why that is. But uh, yeah, it's like the those colors. You you know you don't you can't make them out of other colors, but you can make all the other colors out of those colors. Um, so I kind of think of it like that. Um, so you've got your one chord, uh, which uh, is in in family with uh, the three chord and the six chord those what are all are those kind of this tonic? tonic those are chords? the tonic chords yeah, yeah. so yeah it, and and just to give you an example if i'm playing a song just going one and six if i do this for the whole song it's kind of boring yeah um, so, you know, the tonic chords have a very stationary feel to them. Then there's called the subdominant chords, which are four mainly and two. So when we're, do, you know, we're doing our, our tonic thing. We're doing this for a little while. Then we go to our subdominant, our four. And then we can go back to, uh, and I'm a little out of tune, so there's a little bit of tension there as well. Uh, we can go back to the one chord, and um, that sort of does something. One of the things that you were saying is that um, the going one to six is kind of boring, right? Yeah. And uh, and like I feel like kind of yeah, what you're saying. I feel like you would have to build tension in another way. You know what I mean? If you're gonna do one to six a lot, it's like there has to be something else. 
bringing that. Yeah, tension. I mean, I should clarify. Like, like one playing one to six actually does build tension in and of itself. Yeah, because your ear is waiting for something, the song to go to a different chord family, right? So yeah. you're chilling in the tonic chords. That could be really good. It could be really good to do a verse uh, that's entirely tonic chords, one and six, for example, or one and three, or whatever, or six and three, and then move to that subdominant, the four or the two, in your chorus or your pre-chorus or whatever and then that uh it's cool because it relieves the tension of like we were staying in the same place for so long but it also builds new tension because you're in uh the subdominant chord family which has a certain amount of pull to it um yeah so if i'm on c and if i go to if i go to f your ear's expecting it to go back to C. Sure. So there's a pull to there. And to resolve it. And then there's, of course, the uh, dominant chords, which are five, uh, pretty much just five. I but think there's seven also, like, is technically one, seven, two, but like, fuck yeah, seven, seven. Um, seven minor, seven flat, five or whatever, or like uh, five over seven. Uh, but anyway, it's mostly just five. Again, if we're in the key of C here, the one chord, C. And then if we go to the four chord, the subdominant F, there's some pull there. And if we go to the five chord, G, really go. wants to go back to that one chord. So there's a lot of tension. And then we go back to the one, and it, it relieves that tension. Now, if instead we... Tension, so tensiony, and we go to like There's the four tension, instead. Yeah. It's like okay, so that's a, that's subverting expectation, and that's cool because it um, it makes your listener uh, perk up and be like, "Whoa, that's yeah. not what I thought was gonna was gonna happen." And now I'm like, "Okay, where is this going?" Obviously, if you do too much of that, it can be a little bit. Um, Stressful? You know, too much or whatever. And then anything that gets too much of the same or whatever uh, becomes boring to us. So we don't... It's funny that you, you mentioned that, oh, that, that four chord makes the listener perk up. And it's like yeah. tension and the tension uh, or like subverting expectation keeps people's attention or brings back people's attention. And I always think of that with songwriting. It's like, yes. it's just almost like guiding someone's attention, you know? Um, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, where do you want their focus to be, too? Right? Yeah. Like, if if I'm if I'm singing a song with you know, and it's a verse, and I'm also playing, you know, a million chords. If my verse is this, you know, the vocal is going to be the focal point because the chords are not all that interesting and that's yes. okay because you want the vocal to be the focal but if your if your chords are like it's going to be hard to get a busier vocal going there you're going to have to have yes. a more simple vocal otherwise it's going to get too too weird and it's going to be hard for people to focus on that that vocal. So a lot of the times when, when I'm producing stuff, it's just a, a lot of times it's like let's simplify the chords in the verse a little bit so that we can really hear what the lyric is and mm-hmm. like really pay, pay attention to the vocal. So um, 
so I guess that's kind of an offshoot of this as well. So anyways, in, in the chords, we went through that really quickly. So if that was like a little bit um, too fast or, or confusing or whatever, hit us up with some comments, ask some questions. But that's the idea is that the chords themselves have uh, differing, differing amounts of tension released depending on where and when they're happening um, and which chord family they belong to. So, so cool that it kind of exists uh, in a fundamental way. It's like baked in, in music theory. In music right off yeah. the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which makes you think that um, the people that made music theory, which is like hundreds of years ago, I guess it's always being made, but like the people that made this kind of subdominant dominant tonic stuff, like that's like, you know, Baroque times, I think. Like yeah, I don't actually know. Hundreds but yeah. of years ago, like, so they were thinking about tension and release. It's fully a recognition of, yeah. of tension release. Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. It's like the tonic chords are stable. They're your home key sort of stuff. The subdominant chords have some amount of pull to them, and the, the dominant chords have a lot of pull to them, and, mm. and, that's, and that's all tension stuff. Um, we can get into some deeper stuff um, because, I, again, I, I do believe this applies to literally everything in music. So we've written down a, a few other things. Um, one of them was in, in soloing. Right. Yeah. So, and I mean, you did a you did a great blues solo on the last uh, <laughs> episode where you kind of you kind of just went, you know, we're an E, right? So that sort of thing, and then you just went. And then when you when yeah. you finally go to that next note, it's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, finally yeah, yeah, yeah. it's finally giving that release. Um, Could you whereas, imagine if I didn't go to that next note though? I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> people would walk out of the club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to you're walking that line, but uh, <laughs> edging, if you will. <laughs> That's exactly uh, it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but but like when people lay in, and we talked about this last week, it's like or last episode when people lay into a solo with like a million notes right off the bat. Um, you d- you would describe that as like kind of a sign of inexperience or maybe yes. like nervousness or whatever, right? Sure. And that that's totally true. But I but I also think the reason that that doesn't land very well with the listener is because we have no idea. There's no context. There's no like what it, what is the point? What, what is happening here? Yeah. Where are you going to um, go from there? We can't build any expectations in our guts or in our our minds of like what's coming next because <clears throat> it's just it's just like okay yeah so like when you start doing this kind of you know okay we get it you know yeah and then you do something new it's like okay this is actually cool it's funny because some of my students get this more than others i have this one student and i've been teaching her for ages and we like I, I, she learned sort of everything that I thought she wanted to learn. She's like, let's do soloing. And like, mm. she's just like having fun with it. Like you can tell when she's playing, she's not like, I told her what the, we we're just doing like pentatonic blue stuff. And she's really, when she's playing, she's just messing around with it. And it's mm-hmm. so much better, but she gets this as well too. Like the tension and release thing just inherently. Uh, whereas some students, they'll literally just play through the scale. They're like, these are the right notes. Um, yeah, right, and yeah. then maybe you just that just means you got to l- listen to more music as yeah. a as as a student or something to really get 
what's hap- what's happening there. And, and I mean, it takes time, I guess, to sort of start to really realize how to use that. I mean, even for me now, it's like when I go to take a solo on guitar or at a wedding gig or whatever, it's like I got to remind myself, like, don't, you know, use everything you got on the first bar. Yeah. Like yourself. work this, you know, like play a couple notes and then play those couple notes again, but like build on it a little bit. That builds tension because it's the same thing and then it's the same thing yeah. again, but like a little bit different. And it's the same thing again, but a little bit different. And then eventually you 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 take it somewhere. People can follow along with that and uh, and enjoy it. Um, you know, I guess there is the spectacle of just being able to like shred and sweep pick that that will you know blow people away. Uh, in a live context but also like once you've done that for 30 seconds like people are going to be bored of it again right because yeah. that's just the way human beings you be doing the, the the fastest most amazing technical guitar playing that like i could never hope to do in my entire life people are going to get bored after 30 seconds you, yep. you know like it's just there's no that you could never win with with people's attention span other than to like you said originally like work it play around yeah. with it subvert expectations um you know what you're play- saying is you like manipulating people with music you're a yes, manipulator 100%. yeah a manipulator master yeah. manipulator that sounds like me you're like uh emperor palpatine but with music yes we're right. both just as pale <laughs> yeah i see the connection now yeah <laughs> so soloing i mean kind of leads into our next thing which is use of repetition yeah. Um, you were talking about, I think before we went live, you were talking about uh, Enter Sandman, right? And yeah. I remember watch. I watched a documentary on Metallica. I think it was the Some Kind of Monster one. And they were talking about how, uh, I guess, Lars and uh, James Hetfield are the primary sort of songwriters or they at least craft the sort of the bones of like how the song's going to go riff-wise. And they were jamming that tune and... Uh, James comes in with his riff and it goes like this. Etc., right? And Lars says, well, why don't you play the first half of that three times and then the second half of it one time? So then it becomes this. That's so much better, infinitely better, because playing the first half three times establishes this repetition and establishes this tension, because as a listener, it's like, okay, I get it, where is this going? But if you go too soon to the second half, then you don't get that moment as a listener of where is this going, which is so crucial to the engagement and the enjoyment of the song. And makes it so much less boring to listen to, right? And square sounding to listen to. Um, and, I mean, if you don't go to the back half by the fourth time around, then you lose people as well because it's gone a full cycle of four times and nothing has happened. Yeah. Uh, so you would have to work that in a different way to make that that work. But just like so, so simple but so much better uh, – the second way than than the first way, and I yeah. might be telling that story a little bit incorrectly, but that's uh, that's what I remember seeing in the uh, in the documentary. So, like, and I guarantee you, so like, cool. he wasn't thinking, "Ooh, let's add more tension to this." It was just like a inherent, like something about this is wrong. 
You know what I mean? Like, I need to yeah. fix this. And like, could be that. Could be a combination of but both. But the, pro- the problem but, yeah. is, like, the thing that was wrong. Like, what I'm saying is, it was a gut feeling something was wrong. It would be yeah. better this other way. And really, the problem was there wasn't enough tension. You know what I mean? It wasn't I think building so. tension appropriately. But I don't think he would have thought that way. It's just like, like, it's in. It, we can feel it when it's not right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and importantly too, like other sets of ears can feel when it's not right too. Because yeah. when you're writing it, sometimes when it's coming out of you, you're not uh, pri- you know privy to that. You're thinking about other things, but the way it hits others is strictly like you're saying on this guttural level. They're just either going to be into it or they're not. And usually, the reason for that is. Uh, whether or not it's 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 building tension and and using release or or you know well or not right yeah, yeah. um so use of repetition um also like um you know vocally lyrically too right sometimes there'll be a uh you know um what's that rage tune uh now they do what they told you yeah and now yeah, you yeah, do yeah, what yeah. they told you and now you do what they told you. Yeah. And now yeah. you do what they told you. Right? So like, you know, uh, Zach from Rage, not not really a, a melodic singer, but more of like a rapper and like an inflection-based vocalist, yeah. right? So he's using lyrics to build that tension and then obviously getting more and more intense in, you know, vocalizing those lyrics. And then, and obviously the band is working with that too. And then it explodes into into the big chorus so like it, it can go um and it'd be funny to know like was that a single lyric when they were working on that song at first you know yeah did they always were they always like oh we're gonna do this four times or was it like when they started to hash the song out and jam it out that just sort of happened naturally and they were like oh yeah let's just keep saying that same line over and over again that's really cool you know yeah. it's, it's, you just never know where these things come from but i feel like it always Sort of comes from a place of that that gut kind of instinct that that you're talking about. Well, it's um, like it's it's, it's um, like there's an abstract idea of like musicality. Like there's certain players mm-hmm. that are like more musical, or songwriters that are like more musical than others. Um, and I feel like stuff like that it ties into your ability to just inherently understand these things. Because like I don't think I feel like when someone's really in the moment and they're a very musical player, there's no thoughts. But, mm-hmm. like, they have a great understanding inherently, like, instinctually, you know, I'm building tension. But they're not thinking that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Exactly. It's like when you're having, like, a, a heated conversation or, like, you're really excited about something and you're talking mm-hmm. about it. You're yeah. not thinking about what words you're using, right? Yeah, you're just yeah. – you're expressing yourself and the, the words that you're using are all these tools that you've gained and learned over the course of your life. But you're not, like – crafting what you're saying you're saying it from the gut right and um that's the same thing with with music you learn all these notes you learn all these scales all these chords all these techniques um so that you can eventually speak from the gut using all these things that you that you've you know that you've acquired if especially if you're doing like an improvisational sort of thing you're you're right it's not like a there's not a ton of conscious thought going on. It's a bit of like a stream of consciousness almost, which is kind of cool. But, um, yeah. I mean, so there's another thing with tension that we haven't talked about. And then I, we should fucking take one of your songs and, and do the tension release thing on it. Um, 
I don't know. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to do you want to listen to we we can't yeah. play like uh, other people's music on this show unless we get strict permission to yeah. do so. So uh, uh, if you would like to send us songs to play on our show, we would be happy to play yeah, them. Yeah, if we had uh, a song of the week, we could do that with this. But um, the one thing I wanted to mention was uh, Cacophony and Euphony. I'm yeah, probably yeah. pronouncing those wrong um, because those are music school terms and I dropped out of music school quite some time ago. Um, okay. But Cacophony is sort of like dissonance. Um, so like, say for instance... When you're playing stuff that, like, isn't a part of the scale, isn't a part of the notes that our ear is like, yeah, these are the good sounding notes, you know? Even more so than, like, uh, say, for instance, with chords. You know how we talked about tonic, subdominant, uh, and dominant? When you're playing chords that are not a part of that function, Mm. you know, they're not one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, um, that would be sort of dissonance, and there's, like, varying levels of dissonance. But the whole thing with dissonance is having a relationship with the opposite, which I don't know the other name for it. Euphony, there's probably a, another name for it. Um, mm. Like, that is the the pleasant-sounding stuff. So say, for instance, having that relationship between stuff that just sounds like, like it shouldn't be a part of stuff, it isn't yep. a part of the scale, and having the relationship with stuff that is like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm expecting, you know? That's definitely can also something. be like can also be timbre related too. Sure. It doesn't have to be specifically uh, in terms of like notes and harmonics too. It can be um, it can be timbres. I think cacophony just describes any like bunch of sounds that don't fit together and yeah. sort of make you feel uncomfortable when you're listening to them. Yeah, and then when you get to the stuff that does fit together well then that's the opposite of that, which I don't know the word for it either. But um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if you think of like. Um, uh, we we're talking about this before we went live. Like uh, the big orchestral buildup in "A Day in the Life" by the Beatles. Uh, I read the news today. Oh. oh boy, if you guys know that song, um, and and it goes into this section where this there's an orchestral build, and they're not really playing anything that, to my ears, resembles something like like a chord or a scale or anything. It's just kind of all the instruments are just kind of doing their own thing, and. Yeah. To building degrees of intensity, and it gets louder and louder and more uh, intense, and then eventually it just stops, and then you know the next section of the song comes in, and that's uh, a big sort of example of that, in my opinion, of like that 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 cacophony, ca- um, cacophonic, yeah, that's not yeah. A word. yeah, 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 uh, cacophonic. Do you have any cacophony in your songs, Al? Oh man, I just think that's the only sound I can produce. So yeah, I guess let's listen to one of my tunes here. Um, not to sort of toot my own horn, but it's just the only thing we can do legally. Um, and this is a song called Drama. We won't listen to all of it, but we can maybe listen to the first uh, verse and chorus and see uh, if there's anything we can sort of pick out that. that I'd uses, like to listen to the bridge too. Like if you we could do verse chorus and then at some point do second chorus into the bridge. Okay, well maybe we'll go. Yeah, let's let, let's go. I mean, it'll only be a couple minutes, so we'll yeah, go to the end of the bridge. Yeah, let's just listen to the fucking whole thing. Don't be a listen to the whole song. It's only two yeah. minutes forty seconds, people. You yeah. can you can do it. All right, here we go. So here we go again. This isn't gonna end without someone giving in. I know I shouldn't stay, but you won't walk away. I know he's watching us. It's just a little game you're playing. I. 
myself Whispering words from the lips of somebody else And I just thought, what the hell? Nothing to lose, down and out, so I might as well I don't wanna be the drama, I don't wanna start a war I just wanna know your name And I don't wanna be that guy, but you're with the wrong guys You know we're both to blame the same And I don't wanna be the drama I don't wanna start a war I just wanna know your name You know this isn't fair You're playing with your hair Biting your lip I'm only kinda trying not to stare Why don't you just go tell them you're done I don't wanna be the drama I don't wanna start a war I just wanna know your name And I don't wanna be that guy But you're with the wrong you know we're both to blame And now it's killing me Could you really be all I really need And it's always the same So you might as well I don't wanna be the drama I don't wanna start a war I just wanna know your name And I don't wanna be that guy But you're with the wrong guys You know we're both to blame But now it's killing me Could you really be all I really need And it's always the same Um, so there's a few things there, like even the pre-chorus, uh, where it kind of cuts out before the chorus and you just say a bunch of words. I don't have a good memory, so I don't know what the words are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? A little held note there. Yeah, that's tension. Uh, definitely the bridge is tension. It would be funny to, I'm like a sociopath, so I keep saying that on this, (laughs) on this thing. I technically I don't know whether I am or not, but I feel emotions. So, um, but uh, it, it would be funny to do like a a test, like almost like they do testing for movies where they like show something to a bunch of people and they're like, "What do you think of this?" If they show, right. I would literally bet all the money I've ever earned in my life and everything I own that if you took the bridge out of this song <clears throat> and then you showed uh, people. A version of the bridge one, like a version with the bridge and a version without the bridge, like literally like 85, 90% of people would like the song with the bridge more. You know what I mean? Like when you say the bridge, are you saying the guitar solo or the like, I'm just I just want, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the yeah. broken down part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause almost I, I see the solo as like an extension of the release, you know, the chorus is the release and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's exciting. And then if you went to another chorus after that, it would just be, it, it's too much. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no like, uh, just, there's nothing, there's no room to breathe, you know? Right. So you're saying like the, <clears throat> the, the bridge being broken down, 
Uh, it, 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 so it does, it, it's doing tension and release kind of simultaneously. Yes. It's giving you a release from the loudness of the previous part, but it's also starting to build tension towards returning to the loud part again or returning to the chorus again. Could you yeah. imagine ending the song on a bridge? <laughs> like, just not right, giving yeah. them the chorus I mean, again. Uh, sure, people have done it, right? But have even they? at the end of that, well, I don't know, probably. But but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, But even at the end of that, that bridge, uh, I just thought, what the hell is back soon and you want it soon? Might as well. That's tension. Extra space, yeah. right? And then it goes in. So again, it's like subverting that uh, expectation. Also, you um, slide up to that note too. Well. And I think. There you, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, well, you're sliding up to a seven, right? Uh, the seven of, of the I think of the minor scale. It's going to the. Uh, what the third of that chord. Yeah, that's, that's the a, seven. That's the seven of the minor scale. So yeah, like that's right. like as tense as it gets. Right, right. And you're yeah, sliding like the sharp, into it, which makes the it sharp more tense. Of the, of the, yeah, so I mean, right. So yeah, I mean, there you go. Another like a little micro, micro tension um, thing in the, micro just in the vocal. Um, <laughs> uh, is there just going to be like a court case one day where they're just going to compile like a bunch of clips of this podcast? Like I'm a sociopath. Microaggressions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, there's lots of <laughs> like. I have a dark sense of humor, and people are just gonna if they wanted to ruin me. Like, because I never cross that line where it's it's like bad. But if there was ever a court case where they needed to besmirch my character, they yeah. There's tons of examples of me being like, yeah, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. You know what I mean? They'd be like, see, judge said he was a piece of shit. It's gonna be great. Uh, but uh, so even like uh, I feel like kind of a dick like talking about my own song or whatever but <laughs> hopefully this is useful like when we w- uh, the the first verse is all one chord right it's one yeah. riff it's just going I can't play my own song yeah right which is just essentially just hanging out on B minor um, for yeah. probably the first I don't know 40 seconds of the song and then it finally goes to um, the uh, F sharp major chord, which yes. uh, has a lot of tension in, like you said, in the in the in the context of a minor scale, and then the chord progression of the song has tension uh, inherently in it, where you're starting on the the B minor and then the uh, G major, and then going to that F sharp yeah. major really pulls you back to um, the the original chord. Do you know so, why that chord exists too? The F sharp major chord. From harmonic minor? Do you know why a harmonic minor exists? I don't know that. Oh, because they wanted to get the um, they wanted to get the leading uh, note to be that the the natural seven, right? The sharp it wasn't seven. Wasn't tense enough. Yeah. Yeah, because because uh, going because um, if you're resolving three minor to six minor, then you're you're resolving um, yeah to your ton- to your quote-unquote tonic note but if you make uh make it uh f sharp major instead the three major yeah then you get that that it's more tense yeah Yeah. it's more intense it was was intense enough for them which is that's funny harmonic minor is the scale of the episode that's it yeah yeah um so i'm just trying to think of some other examples i maybe we we hit a we hit a good amount of them even there but um 
Yeah, doing utilizing stops and starts. We haven't really yep. talked about that yet, but like pretty common, right? To go right before your chorus. Yep, yep. Right, and do a big stop, and that's like there's tension there. You're expecting the listeners expecting the the groove to kick back in um, on beat one. So you yeah. either gra- if you gratify that then that's cool. And if you subvert that somehow, that can also be kind of cool. But not too much. Um, if you don't give them what they much. want. Yeah. Got to give the people what they want. Customer's always right. But you can really, yeah, utilize that. So it's, I wonder if it's almost more about, is it more about creative ways of building the tension as opposed to like the ways that you release the tension? Is it more about tension than release or are they equal? That's a great think? question. I feel like if you have great tension and like a good enough release, you're good. But mm. if you have amazing release, like literally the hardest course, you could take like, you could take fucking Enter Sandman. And if you got yeah. Michael Hebbs to rewrite Enter Sandman in that intro and it was mediocre and then boom, dun, 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 with the drums and everything came in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'd be the same, you know? I, I don't think it'd be the same as if uh, you just had shittier... I think it's more about tension, man. Hmm. I'm also a pessimist. A pessimist, yeah. sociopath. Um, it's the worst. So, so um, another thing, <clears throat> uh, sort of along this line of stops and starts, is drum fills, right? Oh, so if yeah. You've got, if you've got a groove going... Yes. That fill builds that tension because it disrupts the groove, and nobody likes when grooves are disrupted. That's that irks people, right? But yeah. it's, so it's only fun. It's like a roller coaster, right? It's like it's only fun if you don't die. So like <laughs> the feeling of falling <laughs> is fun because you know you're going to be okay at the end, right? So the yeah. drum fill returning to the uh, the groove again is what makes the drum fill fun to listen to. If the drum fill doesn't go somewhere that's satisfying, then you know. People aren't going to like that. That makes me like, think of they want their uh, theme and variation. Keep going. You ever heard that before? Yes, absolutely. Theme and variation, right? Like you yeah. have a theme and you play with that theme and vary it. But if you're just doing the same theme for the whole fucking time, it's just the same fucking... If you played the same drum beat for the whole song without a single fill in the song, that's a lot of tension. Um, but I mean, then there's the opposite when you see like a live drummer that doesn't get it and plays way too many fills. Yep. You know what I mean? It's then that's, you know, there's not enough tension, you know? Yeah. Or I mean, it's either, release, yeah. Or just like, just, it's just too stale. There's not enough of either thing yeah. happening. Right. Cause the tension builds and builds and builds as you're doing that same thing over and over again. But then at some point, I think as the listener, you just you just sort of check out because it's too repetitive, and yeah. then you you sort of run into that whole boredom problem again, right? So, yeah, you got to work that human response, that human that guttural reaction from people. That's where the 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 magic is, I think. Yeah, with with all this kind of stuff. Um, a couple more ideas quickly to hit up. And we talked about songwriting. Uh, we talked about use of chords, but like the pre-chorus of any song, the yeah. pre-chorus, it literally exists to build tension into the chorus. Any song with a pre-chorus, 
that's what it's doing. It's yeah. probably going to the four chord or the two chord, which is somewhere that starts to build some tension just naturally. And the melody is probably starting from a low place and starting to get higher. Maybe the drums yeah. are starting to build. So, dum, 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 bow, uh, into the chorus. All yeah. that stuff is is tension. And um, another one that I think uh, is kind of interesting to think about as well is dynamics. And so sure, a, a, a few of my students I talked to about just playing solo acoustic guitar gigs and how to use the acoustic guitar to make your performances more interesting. Uh, so, Mike, I know you can't really hear this that well, but, like, imagine you're playing your song and it's, like, it's just C and F. Your song is C and F, let's say. And you're... And you're playing um, that one Blake Shelton song. So, if that's the way you're playing your verse and your chorus and your bridge, guess what? You're going to lose people because it's, yeah. it's too much of the same thing. So... What do you do? You break down the verse a little bit. You maybe you palm mute it. Now, not only are they listening to your vocal a little bit better, it's also building tension towards. Yeah. Um, there's an expectation the listeners have. They don't know they have it, maybe necessarily, but there's an expectation that you are going to eventually go to your big chords yeah. in the chorus, right? Um, and so that that's building tension uh, if you break it down and you you know you start doing arpeggios yeah that's another way to sort yep. of relieve uh, how loud it was before one thing that I was thinking as well uh, this is more songwriting thing yeah. is like uh, sometimes they don't go to a bridge sometimes they do this and go to a bridge is like when they do like a chill chorus you know so you've done yep. two choruses, people are fucking done with hearing the chorus, you know, even though they love it, and it's either you go to a bridge, do a chill chorus, uh, or you just go straight from the chorus to the chill chorus. It's usually a bridge, then a chill yeah. chorus, but it's another way of, you know, giving the listener a break, and like, they're expecting it to become full again. Totally. Yeah, broken down chorus, it's such a good one. It's such a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good one. This is so common, right? To get into the choruses, a broken down thing. Maybe do a build, maybe do a stop, big drum fill, something like that. Come back in, hit them with the big chorus again. Oh, dude, yeah. If you don't know what that's from, don't tell them out. If you don't know, you don't deserve to know. Oh, jeez. Those are all the the things that we had written down. So, I mean, just a really cool way to think about music. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, if we're we're just doing this naturally anyways, then like, what's the point of thinking about it? But But there's ways to, I feel like you can't get you wouldn't get like the harmonic minor scale if you didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the harmonic minor scale adds, I'm sure there's a a way to manipulate scales further that we haven't investigated to make them have more tension. You know what I mean? So say for something like Dorian, the Dorian mode doesn't have a lot of tension in it. And I'm sure you could modify it to give it more tension. I mean, maybe it does when, when you do it uh, in relation to harmonic minor, but like, so it's it, it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's it's almost like philosophy, you know it's like what is the point of talking about this? But <laughs> I feel like you know you do discover things that are practical and useful, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And I, I again like I just think it's a great tool for songwriting, producing live shows, anything like that 
where if you're not feeling it, then, you know, look to build some tension and, and, and then release that tension somehow. <laughs> and I think that's really how you just juice up any sort of part of a musical song or yep. performance or production. Or a movie. Or, or a movie, yeah. You know, or I'm sure a piece of art or <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, are other I wonder if the world of visual art is, is a little bit interesting because it's a static yeah. um, and it'd be a static picture that you're looking at or painting. I wonder what uh, I'm, I'm assuming tension applies. in a painting, though, would be like stuff that isn't pretty. I mean, there's probably tons of ways stuff yeah. that isn't symmetrical. You know what I mean? If your painting yeah. is just fucking squares and circles, you know? Yeah. People right. aren't, people aren't going to like that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm a shit painter though. So I, what am Me I talking about? Well, I, I know I a perfect way been. to end this episode, Al, after you, okay. uh, after you do say all the bullshit that we need to say, cause you're better okay. than I am. Well, th- thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can find us on social media, the podcast at music guy podcast on Instagram, musicguypodcast.com for all past episodes. If you want to support the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash musicguypodcast or just tell your friends about us. It really helps us a lot. Submit your songs and questions and other things like that to musicguypodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at Al Rowe Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, etc. You can find Michael Hebs at bruno the meek on instagram and i think that's it thanks so much for listening over to you mike do re mi fa so la ti